Wonderful. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. You guys get a special late night episode of The End with Adam. I know I've been doing a couple of episodes a week, and maybe this is uh, overkill. I don't think it is. I think it's actually the best thing I can be doing because, what, I didn't release an episode for like over a month. So here it is. I've got a guest again. I've had Davin on a few times. I wanted to get my West Coast correspondent back on the podcast. We've done some episodes before. You can listen to them on the archives. But here he is, none other than Jasper Chang. Jasper's talking to us all the way from Los Angeles, California. Jasper, how you doing? Good evening, everyone. I'm doing pretty well. How's going over there? It's it's going good. I mean, uh, we're trapped uh, in snow over here in Detroit, but you know it's melting, it's thawing out. Things are doing okay. Um, I brought you on because you know in our earlier episodes, you have always kind of talked to me in a uh, way that has given me the impression that you've got a really good understanding of geopolitics and the way that the world moves just from possibly your experiences of growing up in two different countries, whatever it is, you seem like you've got your eye on the ball in a really interesting way. And sometimes we don't agree, but I think sometimes it's good to just kind of, uh, you know, give it a, give it a good old fashioned debate to see, you know, what's more likely my idea or yours. So I wanted to focus on what's in the news right now. And I don't do this on the podcast. I, I really never talk about news. I never get political. And I don't want this to be like a, and I don't think you do either, right? Like, w- mm-hmm. I don't want this to be like a, uh, like we're, we're doing fucking, you know, numbers and statistics and math equations. Like nobody cares, right? Like I want to just talk about the broad brushes of what's happening right now overseas, what it means for us at home and how close we are to that last war, the big one, mm-hmm. the one mm-hmm. where you and me might, you may have to go to Taiwan and I have to, might have to stay here. We may fight on the battlefield on different sides, bro. Like it may, yes, it may happen like that. Like it, it, it's happened like that in history before. So we have to think about this. Mm-hmm. So that's why I brought you on brother. Um, what, what what are you thinking about what's happening in the world today? Is is this all fluff? Am I crazy? I mean, you know I'm crazy, but is this all fluff? I think it's partially fluff, but to a point, I think they are just uh, testing water, you know. Right. Especially right. when the U.S. is not thriving as we used to be. We're kind of slowed down, maybe, you know, getting flat or going down a little bit but you know uh they definitely see this weak point in us and then i feel like they're testing the water just pushing the boundary little by little right right and just just seeing how far they can get what we what we're gonna do now that in itself is a terrifying implication because we were just humiliated in afghanistan Right, we've got seven other wars going on, and God knows how well we're doing in any of those. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the American Empire is faced on multiple sides by a different kind of uh, encroachment. Right, it's not necessarily a ground war that they're seeing themselves fighting. They're mm-hmm. sort of fighting these combination of diplomatic and economic 
kinds of strategic moves from foreign powers that I think the American muscle that we had been banking on for the past 20th century doesn't have the nimble, the nimbleness to compete mm-hmm. with. Is that, does that sound like a, a kind of what's going on? Um, I, I think it's absolutely correct with that point. Um, I, you also have to think that right now, um, with everything is being inflated, um, and also on the Chinese side, they have a huge problem with their um, property market right now. Um, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen the news before. Uh, mm-hmm. Since last, if I recall correctly, last June, mm-hmm. um, this company company called Evergrande, which the, was the uh, second largest uh, real estate company in China, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. getting defaulted because they mm-hmm. cannot pay uh, fulfill payments on their interest. And then right. also China, China, China has been doing these policies since uh, 2013. It's called Belt and Road Initiative, or One Belt One Road. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, One so Belt One Road. Yeah. So basically, what, what it does yeah. is it goes uh-huh. to uh, mostly third world countries. Let's say in South America and Africa, um, those continents, and then they would then um, the money, uh, you know, have money loaned to borrow with uh, interest rate and so the uh, political power at the time might say yes might agree with china and sign an agreement and use that money to do some infrastructure but those infrastructure might not be effective or have uh, any positive impact on their people so basically you're wasting money that you borrow just to show people your uh, report card, you know, you know, I've right. done this, I, I built that, right. and then you're you're um, borrowing money just to show that there is money, but that's not right. It's not profit, and, right? And it's I'm making my country dead. look better, but yeah. I'm just on surface. So yeah. what happened to uh, when a country cannot uh, pay their uh, loan payment anymore? Uh, mm-hmm. There is part of the agreement that if a country fail to, uh, to mm. pay off the loan, China has the, um, China can essentially, mm-hmm. um, sorry, blanking out. <laughs> oh, China can essentially become the owner or they can lease the infrastructure, they lend the money to build and then use mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So basically yeah, they lend like, money, tell you to do the work and then yeah. you know you cannot repay me back so i get to use whatever you just build yeah by using my own money but making money from the interest from what i understand now i have the control of the infrastructure whether it's a port a real role for the next 99 years right and this uh, just i guess to some of the listeners to make it understandable on our scale it's exactly how the mafia works when they take over businesses they Mm -hmm. loan shark they give you a loan that they know you'll never be able to pay off when you default on that loan they take over your business and then now it's their business and they use mm-hmm. that as as the basically the way to recoup the loss that they made on on the loan that they knew you were never going to be able to repay in the beginning right. um and it seems as though the chinese government sort of 
uh, <laughs> not to say that they act like a mafia, because of course we love, we absolutely love the Chinese Communist Party, but to say that there is a predatory. Did you just say that? Too. Sorry, did you say that for your social score? <laughs> uh, listen, I, 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 uh, I believe in in the future, and I believe in the future being Chinese, and I am ready to embrace that. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm ready to embrace, uh, you know, their, their plan for, for all of us. And I think we should just, you know, um, we, we should trust in the, in the great leader, you know, that's what I think. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I feel like right now it just, yes, China does have a really big ambition and you can see it, and then yeah. Um, but you know this this thing is not going to be overnight. And then if there were to have any war, then you know they have to also calculate how much risk they're taking, how much, how many lives they have to um, to sacrifice. And then right now, I mean, they're now building like uh, remote control, like jet uh, fighter jets and helicopter so those are like drone-like aircraft mm -hmm. but has mm -hmm. full power of combating right um, right so and this is this is this that, is they're, they're sort of pushing to the ai where they're using that's not even going to be attacking oh sorry give me one second yeah but give i think you're good second. now yeah, sorry about that. I think it's because I, I must have moved around too fast. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I was saying the Chinese investment into AI warfare should really be the thing that we're all focused on, right? I mean... Right, so... Yeah, I also think that what what I you know whenever we talk about this kind of stuff, I always said I think Russia is just bluffing because you know if you watched uh, uh, President you know uh, Putin, like he said, you know if I have to, I will have to use a, a, a my nuclear weapon, mm -hmm. um, which is very unrealistic because I mean I, yeah I guess you can know. Uh, Ukraine, but the aftermath is very hard to manage, you know. Like, if you actually nuke Ukraine, are you just not going to use that land? And then you're going to use that land uh, contaminated to use it as a barrier between you and NATO? Is that what he's trying to do? If that's the last resort? I think the fact that that's even on the table as a strategy is what's alarming, right? That right, yeah. It was it was so surprising that he actually said that. You know, it's it's kind of like a nostalgic feeling back to the Cold War, like uh, Cold War, I guess. Right. Um, uh, but you know, it's like it's like almost like like Harry Potter, you know, like Voldemort. It's like the forbidden word. You shouldn't say it. Or like mm -hmm. you know, in a marriage, they said that if you if you you have brought up uh, divorce. Uh, right. Just once, yeah. it might increase the chances of actually being become uh, become divorced. Right. Right. 
no, I think uh, I don't know. I I, I don't. I, I used to be the biggest critic of this sort of Cold War two point rhetoric, mm-hmm. but once I saw the humiliation of Afghanistan, and I saw the win after win after win that China, at least militarily, has been making. I know economically, we can have say that they're having some trouble, but that really doesn't seem to be stopping their military advancements. That's mm. when I started to really say, okay, this may not be like Cold War 2.0 is in America versus Russia, but it could be a two-front war where Russia and China just kind of decide quietly, hey, why don't we just get rid of this as a world power? Why don't we just get, to- get together right now while they're weak and just end this once and for all? And by end this, I mean, let's push them in Ukraine. Let's show the world that NATO is not as powerful as this alliance or as Russia or as whatever other sovereign coalition is going to be, you know, against them. Yeah, and then you also have to, you also can um, in- incorporate the idea I, I brought up earlier where the one bell one rule policy eventually if mm-hmm. enough countries default, mm-hmm. China can actually own so many different points on the map. Right. It will create like a total network. Right. Of just you know, China. We, like, you know, the Chinese US own. had that kind of, you know, period of time, but not as, not as like well covered as, as you would think. Because before mm-hmm. it was just like Japan, Korea, mm-hmm. Taiwan. And Philippines, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. now it's like and, and Vietnam, uh, no, not Vietnam, but now it's like the Philippines. You know, like sometimes they can be, be more friendly to China or be more friendly to U.S. Right, they're, they're like a swing state. You know, it's not they're no longer a, a strong support for the Pacific Rim. Hmm. And what does that? So mean? I, I guess, yeah, I guess uh, on a side note, that's why I think Taiwan yeah. is very important. Right. Not only technologically, like t- t- technologically or um, or geographically, uh-huh. they're both like very important in my eyes. Well, when we talk about importance, right, that's what brings up the nuclear question again. It's like mm-hmm. there are certain strategic points that are non-negotiables. Like the U.S. cannot lose Taiwan especially mm-hmm. right now, you know? Right. So you, you have to ask yourself, what, what are the things that are, are being done to de-escalate this? Are there things, like, uh, does, do you think that China has any sort of, you know, do, do they move slow enough where they don't have to even ratchet things up the way that America does, where they can kind of let these ebbs and flows go by without you know having to take it all the way to to a nuclear event whereas we don't really have that kind of time you know we don't have that kind of strategic planning so it's like who's gonna shoot first sort of situation and i don't see china doing it but i see us being desperate enough to do it right and also 
also right now because of the all like the the the, uh, the Winter Olympic. So mm. I don't think Russia will actually do anything because that would. Where are they? Where be, where is like, the where are the Olympic uh, Winter Olympics? This year is in in Beijing actually. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't think I don't think Russia would do anything during this time because it, it would show a, a really bad disrespect to Xi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't think that's right. very unlikely to happen. And of course, we would never want that you and I to disrespect to disrespect Xi Jinping in any way. <laughs> I mean, that that to me is I mean worse than anything you can do, frankly. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, uh, I think I I'll do a censorship. I'm okay. <laughs> I, Hey man, I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm covering all my bases. You know, you never know what's going to happen in 20 years. I want to be able to point to this podcast and say, Hey, look at that. Look at how much support I showed for him. Even all the way back then before he was God, before he was God emperor, you know, um, but yeah, man, I, you know, you see these news headlines where one day say they're saying they're withdrawing troops. Next day they're saying they're putting troops up. You know, that's where my antennas go off. That's when I'm like, okay, maybe this is all a sham. But then I see the potential if I were someone like Putin, like, no, we could push America this time because they're not going to use the nuclear option. They're just not. There won't be enough support for it. it will be the shame of the, of, of, of the global community will finally be looked at as what we are, which is just a menace to the global to global society. And it, it would it would effectively end the American empire. We cannot be the preemptive nuclear striker in the situation, no matter what's going on. We can't. Right. And then I just wanna I, I blank out for, for a moment because <laughs> I want to go back to your point because you asked mm. um mm. you you said uh the, America seems very desperate for this war and mm. then it's actually very true because you know even though ukraine is not ukraine ukraine is it's actually mad at the u.s because the u.s keeps saying there is a risk and then it's like you know there's a great risk and we expect you know any attack at any moment right and then right. russia say no and then and ukraine said no so it's like and, and like, is the U.S. just like trying to gaslight this thing? I don't know. Right, right, right. And then, well, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. right. And then, but you would think, you know, why? Maybe because you know, when when, when there's a saying that war is essentially equals to money. Yeah, so of course, yeah. If we are expected to go in a, a recession mm-hmm. because the inflation, oh yeah. No, we need more itching. We, we kind of, well, yeah, they will probably, a, a war is a very effective and a very, um, you get, you, you get, the, the profit margin is much higher. Okay, so know? then let's, let's talk about the inevitable. And then also, oh, sorry, Let, I just want to yeah, finish, sorry, yeah, I just want to finish this yeah. point. And then yeah, the U.S., no, mm-hmm. it's okay, the, the U.S., <laughs> because, you know, uh, Taiwan is pro-USA. So they can essentially have. I just want to remind you that TSMC, the company who makes chips, they are responsible for estimated an estimate of ninety percent of the chips worldwide right now. So if 
Taiwan and China will have to have a war, they can just cut the supply to Chinese to China. Um, See, this is uh, why I customers. think, man. This is why I'm saying, man. I think China is prepared for this. I think they got guys in Taiwan, just like they found out that there were twenty thousand Chinese agents all throughout the U.S. Uh, uh, what's it called? Education, higher education system. You mean meaning like university system? Um, you know, I work for a cybersecurity company. I can't say specifics, but there's always concerns of you know they're hiring people from you know China and you know information walks out the door somehow things get leaked somehow things pop up somehow they're getting attacks uh from 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 chinese sources so there is this sort of uh there is already warfare going on um at, at especially in the cyberspace in, in in the digital space especially in the corporate the corporate espionage space and then you, you hear that story of the uh you know the Chinese grad student that was sleeping with all those uh, prominent senators. Turned out she was an agent for the uh, you know uh, Chinese Secret Service. Like they're all up in our shit, man. Like they are all up in our democratic processes, our higher education systems. God knows what they're doing in our financial systems. I mean, we've already fucked that up, so I don't think there's really much more they can do. But. Okay, yeah. well, I just want to bring it to a point that I think the U.S. still has a very strong underlying kind of power kind of thing because if you think about it, the U.S. all they have to do is start a war, right? Whether it's indirectly or directly with China and Russia, um, then your weapon demand will rise, correct? Right. And they can just tell TSMC which is responsible for 90% of the chips worldwide, say cut the supply to your Chinese customers because you, I will fulfill your, yeah. your, your supply because I have increased demand. No, so no, TSMC I'm, will be like, sure. I'm understanding this is that. Why this is completely okay. Yes, I understand that. But what I'm saying is there are Chinese agents within TSMC that would make sure that that wouldn't happen. I guarantee you they like these are the kinds of things that like that those kinds of tripwires I feel like they've been covering that ground for the past 10 years that's what they've been into when people figure okay, out and like, I also, you're right. but also TSMC I don't know if you knew had a deal with the US government they're mm. they're currently building factory in the Midwest and mm. is expected to be completed in 2025 so okay. On paper, they're they're saying that we're trying to we're trying to solve the uh, uh, global supply chain issue. I think mm. underneath the surface, they're actually trying to transfer the technology to the U.S. Right. So, right. So once it's on the U.S. soil, they mm -hmm. can screen and filter out the Asian that you're referring to mm -hmm. much mm -hmm. at a much higher uh, security level. Okay. Okay. Touche. Touche. You yeah, really, so I think, yeah, no, you really, I think you, you really don't think. I, I, I'm starting to think. See, because here's the thing, man. I grew up loving watching all those, like you know, during uh, the Middle East, like wars. Uh, remember that stuff that we don't talk about anymore in the news. Remember when we were at war with Iraq and all those other places? There was all those movies out about like CIA and stuff. And I remember reading about like how how our covert operations work and how intelligence works and how the sort of the history of it in this country. And I don't know the history of it in China and how their intelligence uh, um, operations sort of 
uh, developed over time, but there is a sophistication that I've been noticing in the past five years, and, and everyone in the specifically the technology community has noticed that they do have a certain level of expertise when it comes to espionage that I think uh, the Western powers completely underestimated for quite quite some time. And I think that underestimation, I don't know if the uh, damage that was done during that time can be undone, is what I'm saying. Mm. I don't think the damage can be undone. Mm. Because if that was possible, I don't think there would be that much hatred in this world. Mm. So it's like, you know, they like Chinese people always talk about how many people got killed um, from um, from Japan by by Japan. Right. Um, some some of the people said, you know, um, we shouldn't be using iPhone because that's a pro America, but you know, that's just propaganda. They right. cannot. There's they just they cannot like mm. not eat McDonald's. I guarantee you. Like, are, mm. are they just not gonna eat American stuff? No, I see your so, point. You know, yeah. So it's like a so so this kind of situation is very, yeah. So before it was just the U.S. and the USSR. Now mm. you have the U.S., the NATO against uh, Russia and and Ch and China. So you you see how the now becomes like used to be just one on one. Now there's two yeah. on two. Right. I see. Then, I see. And then the 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 two on the on the same side doesn't necessarily uh, doesn't necessarily mean they're teammates. They just agree to work together for yeah. now. What if yeah, one of yeah. them flip? Yeah. Right. Of course. Wartime time collapse. Yeah. So yeah. This is yeah. Right yeah. now, it's even it's even more tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's actually a great way to to think about it. Yeah. It's two on two instead of one on one. That's uh. Yeah, a good world, a good way to simplify right. that. And that then you world. were thinking, you were thinking, oh, NATO has so many countries, but you're starting to think about the one belt one rule I just mentioned. They have so the China and Russia, if they work together, they will have so much control in the Africa Africa con uh, continent mm. and uh, South mm -hmm. South America. Mm -hmm. Now, I I I do feel like that part of the discussion is kind of moot, right? Like there's been more special operations in Africa than any other place in the world. Um, in the, for the past couple of years, uh, like off the books, black ops, like the, the stuff that you think is going on in Pakistan and, you know, Afghanistan, it's all going on in West Africa, East Africa, Central Africa, specifically the Congo. Um, mm. and, uh, these are proxy wars, uh, you know, much of these uh, guerrilla sort of juntas that are being propped up are usually either being propped up by uh, mining corporations that are either European funded or Chinese funded uh, or US funded. And then they'll literally send in spec ops people to fight people that are being funded by. So, you know, you trace the money back and it's an American you know, arms co uh, company connected to a mining company. You know, it's this complete smorgasbord of chaos. So when people are like, and even I have family members in, in Africa who, 
you know, to talk about because there was so much development that was done in Ethiopia uh, on behalf of China. And everybody's like, oh, China owns Ethiopia now. Oh, China owns Africa now. It's like Europe, even when they had total control, as you would call it, over the continent of Africa during the scramble of Africa, the actual continent, what you see on a map, the areas that were actually settled and controlled are tiny, little, minuscule areas compared to the actual magnitude of the geographic locations that that we're discussing like if you look at a country like angola for example like your the areas that are these european settled uh uh uh, colonized areas are the coasts you go into the interior of the country and it's like you've gone back a thousand years so you know i don't believe in this narrative that it's all wrapped up in the bows tied up in Africa is just in the bag of, of, of China and we're done. It's it, Africa has always been complicated. It's a continent. You know, people forget mm-hmm. that it's not a country. It's not one people. It's, it's a, it's such a, um, you know, there's, it's the, 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 the French learn this, I think in, in, in the, in a very, um, cynically romantic way. And I know that makes no sense, but I'll try to make sense in this example when they spent so much time trying to colonize Africa, you saw this eventual um, blend. Like they just became a part of, yes, they were still colonizers. They were still brutalizing them, but they became a part of that country. It wasn't like they brought France to Chad. No, the Chad people spoke French, but it was still Chad. You still, you get, you get sucked into that world. Because Africa is such a geographically um, intense country, them or <laughs> a continent, excuse me. Wow, look at myself. Uh, ge- geographic, uh, geographically intense continent. You know, you become, you have to acclimate. Sa- same with South America. Like uh, one of the interest, most interesting things I heard was like when the conquistadors first came, they immediately had to drop all of their, you know, uh, nice fucking. Uh, uh, whatever that shit is shields and armor because it would just rust in the jungle because of the humidity. They had to wear the shit that the locals were wearing. Cause it just didn't, you couldn't function in the jungle with what they were wearing. So it's like mm-hmm. these, these places make you conform to them because you're a part of the ecosystem, you know, in a yeah. way that you aren't in, in, in sort of above the equator areas. Oh, interesting fact. Um, recently, my my YouTube feed pop up this mm. Chinese guy. Mm. Um, he lives in uh, Tanzania. In Zambia, Africa. Tanzania. No, or... Zambia. T- uh, Taz- Tanzania. Tanzania. Ta- sorry, Tanzania. Tanzania. Yeah, yeah and he says he's doing business there, and then he has this two. Uh, local native by like those aboriginal people yeah. he hired two of them as yeah. his uh, guards because you know in, in africa is, is pretty dangerous oh yeah so oh, yeah. yeah and then he just record his life with them yeah yeah and that was like really interesting yeah and everything yeah. is so cheap over there huh? Oh my god oh my god and then you can my buy a whole cow you can buy like oh, it's like yeah, yeah. exotic Oh yeah, man. If you Tanzania, especially, um, 
there are certain countries uh, that like they've you know they still have their very very indigenous and rural parts of the country and of course there's still warfare in other parts of the country but they have these really great um the, like almost everyone in the country kind of respects the nature of it and respects how beautiful the country is so there's these vast areas of just like where you know the natural like animals and and and, and life of, of that country uh exists like that no one touches you know like mm-hmm. where it's just yeah almost like what, what we would call state parks but it's bigger it's more than that you know it's it, it's like it's a it's this living thing that's that affects the country and affects the people and the way they have to live and it's interesting mm-hmm. but um yeah man uh it's uh it's 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 a it's such a vast world and and I try to stay positive but when you see this kind of sa- uh, uh, saber rattling and you see a country like America that for the first time is really desperate I mean we're like we're like at a, we are we're, we're our credit balance is so fucked up like you know what I mean like we're we're going to the bank asking for a loan and they're like listen man where we gave you we've given you seven wars and you fucked them up we I we, I don't know. I don't know if we, like I I can't believe that, you know, we're still getting all of this uh, you know, um in cash infusions uh from the Saudis or from can't believe there's still all this investment pouring into this country because it's just like I mean, when was the last time anything good happened uh um geopolitically for us? Uh it's been like 20 years. I know and then the fuckery still going on, you know. Just wait until, you know, eventually, this is like the, you know, partially like the 08, where um, all the bonds were just like uh, like junk, uh, yeah, but yeah. the rating agency wouldn't downgrade them, because if they downgrade them, they will go to other, uh, other uh, rating agency for, you know, yeah. for them to make money. So yeah. right now, I think we're at this point where there's so many junk bonds, especially in real estate in China. And then yeah. what's funny about it, um, you can you can definitely search on this. Uh, Chinese government, you know, puts um, the repayment to their uh, domestic investor mm-hmm. first. So mm-hmm. indirectly, it kind of fucks up the money from like foreign money who has already poured to China because now the Chinese government said, "Hey, just take care of the domestic uh, investor and money first." Mm-hmm. The foreigner will worry about it later. Well, they 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 probably at that point you just say, "Oh, sorry, we don't have enough money to cover your loss." Right, right, right. So eventually, those bond mm-hmm. has to be downgraded. Once that is downgraded, those bond are usually used used uh, as uh, uh, against as uh, collateral mm-hmm. to their investment. So yeah. if your collateral shrinks, the value shrinks, yeah. then mm-hmm. you gotta cover it. Because now you don't have enough money, right? To play with the money you borrow for. So right. now I think we're in that moment, and that mm-hmm. would I don't I don't know how they're gonna play it out because someone's gonna get hurt. I just don't know which yeah. one yet. Yeah, I mean, what do you see as a worst case scenario with that situation? So I don't think I definitely the market is gonna crash. Uh, we're gonna okay. enter a recession, but like. A lot of people, some people say, oh, like, we're going to lose control. Like the U.S. will default and the uh, the U.S. Mm-hmm. will default. The dollar will be, you know, hyperinflated. Uh, 
hyperinflation by definition has to be a has to be a fifty percent increase. Right. With like I think overnight or something, and then uh-huh. you know it just grows exponentially. You just mm-hmm. have to look at uh, Venezuela. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. think we'll ever get to that point because someone's going to get hurt. But I don't think if someone's going to die, I think that would be mm-hmm. too much uh, to pay for. Right. You know, like I can take a punch, but I I don't think if you shoot me, I can dodge it. Right, right, right. So nobody wants to be victim of right. that. So I think we're at that point now. We're just waiting for the system itself to collapse. Yeah, it does feel like that. And then it and might you, be, you know, you know, yeah. Even I don't think that might be the real cause because it's going to be a black swan event, and black swan mm-hmm. event is something that people can't really predict ever. Right. That's why it's right. called Black Swan. Right, right. Yeah, right. Um, now, in that regard, what what do you think in terms of just to you know just to kind of close up, I guess. What what would what would you say the future twenty years from now geopolitically looks like after? The collapse, or let's say, the collapse happens, and twenty years later, we're just now recovering. What does that new world look like? I think the new war. So I see two. Uh, okay, let's say I'm just gonna talk about China and Taiwan as, as an example. Um, everybody said she is the true communist. Like he, you know, he wants to be. Like Mao Zedong, and then he, you know, you can see what he has done. You know, he can he can be in the office indefinitely until death, and then sometimes you know when you have too much power, well, he was always. Wait, wait, to... Hold on, hold on. First of all, he was always supposed to be in office till death. There was never any discussion about elections. No, 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 no. The Chinese leader, you mm-hmm. can only have uh, two terms. You know, no, I understand ten, that. But, every ten uh, years, I understand that. But Xi Jinping has since changed that now. So what I'm saying is, is that he is now the leader. So he was always right. meant to be the leader. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So well, we got we got to stay on the right side of history here, <laughs> Jasper. <laughs> please help yeah, me. So, God but, damn it. But my my point is that, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, when you down the road. Mm-hmm. Some people are just gonna try to, you know, speak against you, or you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some some of the official will say, oh, you know, she is not showing enough power. So I think in she's mind to to really fulfill his China dream, uh-huh. he really has to do something to Taiwan. So I can definitely see, you know, I don't know how Taiwan is gonna be, uh, but I can definitely see something change. Wow. If she okay. is, if she's still alive within twenty next twenty years and staying office, I, I definitely so you're saying that's in change. that's in his sights. Like he's gotta right, but to make his mark. Early, yeah. right. right. If she died early, then I can mm-hmm. expect Taiwan to remain pretty much the same, just like the mm-hmm. the last twenty uh hundred years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, um, we only hope for good health for him. So. Uh, 
<laughs> but uh, but I see your point, man. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of tectonic shifts in the next 20 years. And, you know, I think about domestically where we're headed. And, you know, you can get grim, and I do get grim a lot. But things are so unpredictable. Like you said, there's so... Black Swan events can, you know, can mean so much, can can do so much, can change so much. So there's really no point in trying to, you know, uh, project too far out into the future because, you know, who could have, you know, when the first iPhone dropped, who could have seen Instagram, you know? Like that was only a couple of years away, but we were still just so fixed up on, oh, I have a touch screen on my phone that we couldn't even fathom what would come in five to, you know, eight to 10 years of that. So, you know, I, I try to apply that to everything. It's like, there's no point in even, in even attempting at this point to, to uh, predict the future. Cause it's, it's so unpredictable. You know? Well, I mean, I, on, on, on the uh, technology side, I can definitely see, uh, you know, we are going to be spending most of our time in the, in the VR world. You think um, so? You think that's coming? I do. Think I, I so, totally yes. disagree. So, I, I totally disagree. So with that I one. would. So in the future, your okay. company, you, you know, you can already work remotely. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you know the next ten years, mm-hmm. uh, working virtually just pretty much as good as working real life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because okay. okay. now, if you go to CES this year, yeah, uh, they already developing a, a vest for gaming, so you can feel pain, like if you get shot. And then they like, like these things have existed for twenty years, man. There's videos. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now they're developing glove that is uh-huh. pressurized. So when you see through the VR, like you're holding something. Okay. Okay, we're we're already we're already past beyond vision. Now we're getting sensory, different sensories. Okay. okay. So in the future, since we're already working remotely, you're gonna be spending eight hours at work, let's say, on mm-hmm. the VR. And then your friend, maybe like half the time, you guys will hang out in the in the virtual world. So that's well, yeah. In a way, we are we're already doing that, right? In right, exactly. Series. Like me and you talking yeah. right now. Exactly. It just, like it's the, just going to be a level platform. Right. Platform. All right. I can see so, that. And then, yeah. and then I and then I just want to add on your company, the company you're working for. They can say, okay, I'll pay you US dollars, or I can pay mm-hmm. you. Uh, crypto of your choice. Mm-hmm. And then now, uh, uh-huh. and then now, those are actually host valued. So you can actually buy stuff in the virtual world. And then that See, might reflect. So, so let's yeah. just say, for example, you go to virtual LV store. Okay. You buy a I, purse, I, use your crypto. Right. And then they're going to transfer you. They're going to ship you the, the purse and it comes mm-hmm. with an NFT as a certificate. Mm-hmm. Boom. Okay. That's how you use crypto to benefit you in the, in the crypto world, the blockchain world, and the real world. You get the purse and you get an NFT as a proof. I see. I think I, think I understand. I want to talk to you about getting because i have friends that have these original photographs of like the early days of like travis scott young thug when they were on their very first tours and like some of my friends are amazing photographers and i was like wouldn't it be cool if we could make nfts of like some of you guys is like really 
you know, rare photography. Is that possible? And how could I do that? Yeah, that's definitely possible. Um, you got to mint those uh, NFT. So, yeah, you can, um, I'm not like an like NFT minting like expert, so you might have to find someone else to or do some research about it. But yeah, you okay. can definitely put it up as NFT and sell it on platform like like OpenSea. OpenSea, like Open okay. Sea. Yeah, OpenSea, like the Ocean Sea. Yeah, o yeah OpenSea. Open it's sea. like a, right now that's the largest uh, NFT platform. So I'm pretty sure they would help you to do it. Okay. And then, you know, you, you set it's on the uh, Ethereum blockchain. So, you know. I feel like there's the, a lot the of charlatans out there. I would I would like to get it from like a trusted advisor, someone that really wants to like figure this out for me because it's like these photos are actually like one of a kind. You can't like no one else has this picture like in the real mm -hmm. world and on like it's only you can find it on only on their website online. Like that can easily be taken down. You you know, I mean maybe you can go on the way back, but like it's something that is actually like a rare photograph, like and it's like, you know, of iconic people. And there's other, they have other crazy, amazing photography, like street photography that they did in New York City in like 2015. And I'm like, these are, this is the kind of shit that should be NFTs, not a fucking, you know, uh, gorilla, you know, with painted, you know, like, like, <laughs> like fucking rare, you know, rare street photography and stuff like that. Like that should be like NFTs. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that, you know? How to be like you know, an NFT? Or you know, it'd be a really cool side hustle. Yeah, know. yeah, you know. Um, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna get into that for sure. But um, yeah, I just gotta find, I gotta find like a good like person to just kind of school me on it, and then figure out how I can get these like what you what you mean by like mint mint them and like you know get them like kind of verified so that you know there are you know. There are there are they're, they're they're owned by us, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. But I think uh, you know it's pretty late over here. We had a great one. We had a really uh, dense episode. I think people are gonna like this, and uh, mm -hmm. I really I really like that you um you know uh you really got in depth with some stuff that I hadn't even considered before. So I always appreciate your uh, perspective, man. Uh, and this has been really fucking uh eye-opening so thanks again for <laughs> dropping by i uh, think thanks for the uh the kind words um yeah i mean sometimes the idea just you know even a, a few concepts that i mentioned i think those are just came out uh i just improv them because mm. talking to you kind of makes me think on another mm. layer or in different um part of the uh the problem right Right. So like think outside the box. So sometimes, yeah, like new ideas is like nothing I prep for. Uh -huh. No, and, and, and that's kind of why I keep my podcast free form, you know, as much as I can, because you find novel ideas when you kind of don't, you know, you give people the space to, to find them. So, you know, mm -hmm. I try to keep, I try to keep it, uh, you know, somewhat formatted, especially now that I'm getting more serious with it. But I don't like to tell people here's the agenda of what we're talking about because it's like then their mind is constricted to only thinking about those things, you know. Mm. But yeah, anyways, I think this is a good place to stop, man. Um, okay. Yeah. This is this has been a great episode of the end with Adam. All you got to do, uh, 
on your end is just do the same backslash and then do leave. And then when it does that, all you got to do is that link, copy that link, and then just message, put it in my messages. And then um, I'll, I'll take it from there. 